0: UTEP fans, the game might be over, but our coverage continues with Minor Talk, presented by Longhorn Distributing. Share your thoughts after every post game by calling 880 5763 or weigh in on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso with the hashtag Minor Talk. Now, let's head into the Lubingo studios for your host, Adrian Broadis.
1: All right, here we go, Minor Talk. Third edition, Adrian brought us here along with Sal Montes. We're presented by Longhorn, distributing Eight eight zero five seven six three Number to get into the program, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, online. Get the app, 600 ESPN El Paso, powered by United Bank. There's so much to get to on this show. And let's not sugarcoat it, Sal, because this was not pretty. This was not a pretty game at all. UTEP squeezes out a 17-13 win against Abilene Christian, uh, their second home win of the season. They haven't won a game. Uh, they haven't won two games to start off the season since 2010. They do it for the first time tonight with a big win. Eight eight zero five seven six three. A lot of calls already coming in. A lot of tweets to get to as well on the program today. Uh, let, let me set the stage because I, I think that everything needs to be clear on this one. It was a slow start by the Miners. Didn't like the way that they started at all. Didn't like how the offense started off especially. Didn't feel like there was a lot of urgency from the offensive side of the ball. And then when you look on the flip side uh, with the defense and and you see what they actually did, you know, yes, they dominated at one point uh, in this game. And I I liked what the defense uh, did and how they shut down Abilene Christian. But at times they allowed big plays and uh, you still also scratch your head with some frustrations. Uh, again, Good performances from some individuals. Gavin Hardison had an okay day after uh, shrugging off a, a really bad start. Uh, I loved what Jacob Cowing did in this one, and we'll we'll get into the sophomore wideout from Maricopa, Arizona later on in the show. And praise on Mehuli. I mean, man, this guy has not just the he doesn't just have uh, the pot the potential to be the player of the game from this one, but he also has the potential to have the play of the game and that sack to close out this one. I mean, praise on Mahuli, what a game he had! I really like what he, what I saw from him, especially considering the defensive end. Josh Ortega did not play in this one. They also lost Jason Van Hook, the linebacker, in this game. He left uh, in the second quarter with an apparent ankle injury. We saw him in crutches uh, at the end of this game. So, yeah, that's a tough loss to this defense. But I want to get everybody's takes on this one. I I think there's a lot to dissect from it. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Lots of tweets to get to on Twitter as well. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. uh, And also use the Hashtag minor talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing. Let's go with Noah, who's starting us up on the show today. Noah, what would you think today?
2: Hi. Uh, I just think that we have, even though we got a good win today and we're 2-0 at home, I just think that our expectations are so low. I mean,
3: we beat a team
2: that, that, that's not even really going to be playing for an FCS championship this season.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, come on, this is an FCS team. This is a team who hasn't played a game this year. This was the Abilene Christian's first game of the season. And last year they went five and seven in the Southland Conference. I mean, you're talking about uh Stephen F. Austin team two weeks ago who came here. Yeah, sure. The Lumberjacks played uh UTSA okay today. Uh, they lost twenty-four to ten, but you look at this Abilene Christian team and they weren't that good. I, I mean, come on, they, they weren't they weren't very good in, in all kinds of ways. I like their quarterback, Peyton Mansell. He's an Iowa transfer. He showed some nice things tonight. He had he was 13 of 20 through the air with 197 passing yards. But when it counted, when Abilene Christian needed to score, they couldn't convert. They also had two really bad turnovers in this game. And, and you uh, take away those and you kind of wonder, what would have been the outcome of this one? Could Abilene Christian have pulled this one off? Exactly. I just
2: think that... We're going to go into Louisiana Monroe next week. And, you know, we've never been a great road team the past few years. So I just think that's a little bit scary. Even though Louisiana Monroe isn't even a good team in the the Sun Belt.
1: No, that's right. No, you're totally right on that, Noah. And hey, man, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in. That's a good point. And I'll throw it to you, Sal. Louisiana Monroe, 0-2 on the season so far. They lost to Army, and today they lost to Texas State. Louisiana Monroe next week will go into this one with an 0-2 record. They dealt with a lot of COVID-19 outbreaks on their team, and they actually lost their uh, defensive coordinator. Now their interim defensive coordinator, coincidentally enough, is Scott Stoker, who spent some time here. Here at UTEP alongside uh, Sean Kugler and his staff. So, uh, I'll ask you, Sal, does do the Miners snap their eight-game road losing streak next week to a struggling Louisiana Monroe team?
0: Uh it's tough to call because you look at Louisiana Monroe and they're 0 and 2 on the season. But they do have two uh, two games, not only uh, worth of film for UTEP to study, but they also t- have two games that they themselves can improve on. I mean, we always say ourselves here and uh, fans calling on the show too uh, regarding UTEP saying there's room to improve. Well, the same can be said for Louisiana Monroe. And they're also going to be at home too. They, they, dropped, um, they, they dropped some frustrating games this year and they're not playing their best. I, I think that's clear to say, but they definitely want to shake that off. So as much as the Miners are feeling pretty decent and feeling okay about being 2 and 1 on the year. Louisiana Monroe is going to be uh playing a little bit pissed off. So they can't walk out or they well, obviously they're not going to walk, but they can't go into that game thinking um you know riding the high off of this 2 and 1 record. Might as well be 0 and 0 at this point because finally you're at an even level with an opponent uh with an opponent. So this is going to be a very telling game. I have no answer, Adrian. Give me about like 30 minutes. Maybe I will.
1: <laughs> Abilene Christian outgained the Miners tonight in total offense, 308 to 293. What's that all about, right there? UTEP can't, uh, you know, lead a team in Abilene Christian in total offense. It really took a while for this offense to get going. They couldn't get anything on the ground, by the way. I mean, they were without Dion Hankins, who is obviously their standout running back. He was dealing with injuries all this past week long, so you had to rely on Josh Fields, which. Man, it took Josh Fields a while to get going on the ground. He finished the day with 75 rushing yards and a touchdown. I liked what I saw from Ronald Awad, especially that clutch uh, five-yard rushing touchdown that he had late in the game. He carried the ball only five times for 19 yards, rushed, rushed okay in this one, but, I mean, they really were missing Dion Hankins. We also heard earlier this week no Quadres Wadley officially for the rest of this season. So uh, the run game, a little suspect today, Sal.
0: Yeah, big time, and it was so tough on the miners uh, regarding offense that I don't even think they got their first third down conversion until about two minutes left in the third quarter. Wow, that's that's the kind of game it was. If I'm wrong, correct me please. But I could have swore looking at the numbers that's exactly what it was. And uh, Hardison said it in the post game; he wants to get his guys uh, out there going early on in the game. Can't be playing catch up because you can only play so many FCs teams in a season. Now it's time to really uh, you know put up on the field.
1: Eight eight zero five seven six three nine. I'm going to get into the program as we continue. We've got two lines available before we get to Mike Cuviello on the show. Let's go to Twitter real quick. Adrian at Enemy Win number 3 tweets the program and says, "Another great win for UTEP. 2 and 0 versus Southland Conference. It's time to drop down to the FCS where we can win and enjoy winning seasons." <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, Steve on Wrestler tweets the program. I'm happy for the win, but beating a school by four points that had a 5-7 and seven record last season in the FCS doesn't give me a lot of enthusiasm. UTEP was a play away from losing and turning this into a full-fledged debacle of biblical proportions. Hashtag Ooh. minor time.
0: Wow, that was a... Uh... That was a soliloquy right there.
1: I like it. I like it. Hey, uh, going back to Gavin Hardison real quick before we get to Mike. Gavin Hardison started the game one of seven through the air. Really bad start for Gavin, but then he finished off 14 of 18 through the air. Ended the game 15 of 25 overall for 195 passing yards. No touchdowns today for Gavin Hardison. His main target, Jacob Cowing. Phenomenal game for the sophomore from Maricopa in Arizona. We'll get to Jacob Cowing in a little bit, but let's go to uh, Mike Cuviello, who's now joining us on the program. What's up, Mike?
3: Well, we have a victory tonight, and the good news for Minor fans is we have the most victories since 2016. And the first time we've been 2-1 two since 2014. So
1: <laughs> oh, that, man. That, that's the good news. Man, I, I didn't realize that, but you're right. It's the first time they've won more than two games, two or more games since 2016. Yikes, Mike. You're totally right on that, though.
3: But I, I would tell you, if they had Clark tonight, I think UTEP would have been looking at a loss. But the one huge positive I think UTEP could take out of this game is they actually made adjustments to cover that edge because they was getting killed on the edge in that first quarter, and the defense did make adjustments, and the coach did say that they started to have a lot of telltale signs. So at least they made adjustments, and they didn't make a lot of mistakes. But I just don't understand what our offense is. I wish yeah. somebody could – I couldn't even tell you, like, what it's called to be truthful. Do you have a name
1: for this offense? Well, I don't know. I guess it's just the Kansas State model, but I, I just go to the running game, because this was, let, let's be honest, Mike, at the start of this year, this was a run-first team. You looked how deep this running back group was, and you kind of salivated over all the weapons UTEP could throw out there. Quadres Wadley, Dion Hankins, Josh Fields, Ronnie Awat, Ray Flores, Willie Eldridge, all these running backs you get really excited about because of all the, you know, the praise and, and noteworthy uh, comments that the coaching staff gave to them. And then what happens in week 3, by week 3, Wadley opted out of this season, not going to return officially. Dion Hankins deals with an injury all this past week, doesn't play today. Now they're having to rely on Josh Fields who hasn't really, you know, gotten going this season so far. And you're having to rely on a guy in Ronnie Awat who hasn't really played much at all. Today was his first career rushing touchdown of his UTEP, you know, history that's that's what they're dealing with right now in the run game so when you do that and when you show that on the field then the defense realizes all you're gonna do is throw the ball in this game they, they start to protect all the receivers and, and really make it tr- a lot of trouble for a guy like Gavin hardison who's young and hey, he's lacking in he's lacking experience he might throw the ball really nicely but he's lacking some of that experience that you need as a quarterback yeah
3: yeah, Josh Fields his best game as a freshman, so that, that that is a plus. I just wish we would try quit trying to get so fancy with our runs and actually have a setup where you're not. It seems like every time you got the quarterback making a little move at the front, and then he hands off. And if I'm a defense coordinator, I don't think our um, offensive game plan is that hard to figure out. I may be a little bit naive, but it doesn't seem that hard to figure out. So, but I am happy we won and we did make adjustments. So. As a UTEP fan, we got to take what we can get now. Hopefully, we can beat a Division One team next week. And three and one—that that, thats a great start. No matter no matter who we're facing.
1: Hey, I hear you. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Mike. Thanks for getting in. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. We'll take a timeout in just a second. Let's go to Twitter real quick. Jorge Arango tweets the program. Wait till conference games start. UTEP won't win another game all year. Whoa. Whoa! Hot take early on by Jorge Arango. No other wins for the Miners for the rest of the season. What do you think about that, Sal? Uh,
0: I I disagree. But by the number of wins that that I'm going to go ahead and disagree with, it's not gonna it's not going to be by much. I'm going to say maybe potentially three wins. Uh, left on the season, but it all depends on how they uh, how they finish off the non conference schedule and also how they open up the conference schedule to maybe the first uh, quarter of the conference.
1: You know, I, I just don't think there are many talented teams in conference USA right now. I don't think Louisiana Monroe is very talented at mm-hmm. all either. But then I look at the minors and I, I still see a lot of holes in their team and I see a lot of ways that they need to get better. Uh, just the bottom line, they they struggle in so many areas. And I know it's a young team. I know they're inexperienced, but You've gotta grow up someday. You've gotta get better at times, and this is the time to do that. Joe Chacon tweets the program, slow starts in games and barely recovering against an FBS team twice this year is a coaching issue. I'm all about you, Tep, but these are games that should be should put hope in minor fans, not despair. Next week will tell us how the season goes. I agree with that. Next week will be very telling as far as what we we're, we were going to see for the Miners this year. So uh, we'll get to a lot more tweets, a lot more to get to here on the program. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. 880-5763. Again, that's 880-KROD to get into the program. Let's take a timeout right now as you're listening to Minor Talk presented by Longhorn Distributing right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing. Adrian brought us here along with my man Sal Montes. Again, 880 5763. That's the number to get into the program as we continue. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and online at 600 espnelpasocom where you can read all the recaps, you can read all the coverage, and everything surrounding UTEP football. Again, we're talking about UTEP's 17-13 win over Abilene Christian here on the program today. We're not very impressed. Miners, again, are 2-1 and one to start off the season for the first time since 2010. As Mike Cuviello pointed out, Miners winning two games or more uh, for the first time since 2016. Woof. That's a big one right there. Let's go to Twitter right now. Uh, ju- actually, let's go to King Eric, who tweets the program. The game versus Louisiana Monroe looks beatable now. Monroe looked god-awful versus Texas State today. If Hardison can only find someone outside of Cowing to throw to, and if Dion can come back. One negative. Caldwell and Prince on defense look just horrible. Too many missed tackles and not enough wrapping up basic fundamentals. That's from King Eric on Twitter. Another one who's coming in on the program, UTEP Minetto, who tweets the program, It wasn't a pretty win. Players need to be put in better positions to win. The play calling needs to get updated. And then he asks us, Will the Miners fans get to see an exciting offensive team? Sal, what do you think about that one right there?
0: You know what, it's interesting that he asked that because, um, Adrian, as uh, as you and I do during the game, before and after, we'll take notes and, uh, you know, kind of give us a format really for the show, and it also poises some great points, and uh, this is a great question because it kind of falls in line with some questions that I had, and uh, one of them was, when will a player take over for this team? Uh, Another question where you could kind of follow it is, are we seeing it right before our eyes? Mm -hmm. And then if not... Who will it be? Who do you all think it'll be? I think right now we're seeing uh, the emergence of Jacob Cowen. And also, slowly but surely, I think Gavin Hardison will will be into the mix. But the only thing about that is... They both need each other. So aside from that, if one of them is having a bad game, it's, it's very, very likely that the other one will be as well. So I want to know what you all think out there. Who is going to be the first player to really take over for this team?
1: I like it. Let's ask our friend, the Iceman, Brandon Cohn, who's joining us now on the phone lines. Iceman, I'll pose the same question to you. If this is a successful offense for the Miners, who, who does it need to be for this team moving forward?
4: Well, clearly, I mean, you're going to have to start with your quarterback. I mean, Hardison has shown uh, some signs of brilliance and shown to be a good game manager at times and especially able to get the job done. And obviously, he still has some growing pains and still needs to make some certain adjustments to be able to step up to the plate and be that winning quarterback that the team really needs. I mean, but it does start with your quarterback, your signal caller. He's the one that's got to be the good game manager. And if he can do a great job, then I feel that everyone else around him can be improved. And obviously you hope to get Hank the tank, as they called him last week at Texas, Hankins back from the injury. Field certainly uh, showed some signs of brilliance, and it took him a while to get going. But I tell you, I, overall, I mean, we know that Cowan's the man. I mean, he's been, he's been the big playmaker. He was the player of the game tonight over 100 yards through the air. And, and I have to say that, look, if, if UTEP was in the Southwood Conference they may be undefeated at this point. But, you know, look, in all seriousness, gentlemen, it comes down to this. I mean, people were complaining like it was going out of style that this team couldn't win a game. And now they've won two games this year, which is a true rarity, something that we haven't seen in numerous years. So whether you're beating FCS teams or, or Division One teams, I mean, obviously you want to be D1 teams, but ultimately considering that these games were assembled, you know, at the last minute it's nice to get the Ws. It gives your team momentum. I know that there will still be some questionable calls with the play calling and going forward, but the bottom line is that any type of a win can give you that momentum that you're expecting and that you want going forward. And, and I know that next week at Louisiana Monroe, it's going to be a challenging contest because of how UTEP has played on the road in the past. But with that said, you know, they, they at least have some game film on a team. and you have to give them a lot of credit for playing the way they did Against a team that had not played a game this year, I don't think people are are estimating the the fact that it's very difficult to prepare for a team when you have nothing to go off of. So I give UTEP credit there, and I like the way they finished the game because clearly, when their backs were up against the wall, ultimately, you know and, and you look at tonight, I mean obviously they needed to run the clock out, and they did, and that was huge because in the past, again, this may be a situation where UTEP would have completely squandered the lead and given it up late, maybe turn the ball over, or a, a plethora of bad things could have happened, but ultimately they were able to run that last five minutes and change out, and you have to give them a lot of credit overall for it. So instead of being one of these people that says, you know, look, they beat another FCS team, they beat a bad team who was 5-7 and seven last year, I will completely look at the glass as half, half full. Wow. And, and ultimately, again, because, you know, you, you beat a team who you had nothing on, you got the victory. And for this team, last time I checked, victories on any given uh, night were hard to come by. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud of what I've seen so far. And I know it's going to be challenging going forward, especially playing Division One teams. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe they can get that win next week in Monroe. And ultimately, you just have to build off the positive things that you've seen. And, I, and overall, you know, hey, I'm saying, look, you played three games. Not bad. No complaints from my end.
1: Wow. Hey, Brandon, appreciate that. You gave us a lot to get to, man. Hey, always appreciate your calls, my man. It's good to hear hey, from you.
4: Good to talk to you, fellas. You're doing a great job. We'll talk to you later. All
1: right, we'll talk later, Brandon. Later, hey, eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program as we continue lots of tweets to get to here. But I want to talk about this because I think Brandon had some interesting takes, and I think a lot of people feel both ways. They feel conflicted, okay, on one mm-hmm. end. I'm going to take Brandon's side for a second. On one end, this is a team two years ago, a same program who lost to an FCS opponent in northern Arizona. They lost 30-10 to 10 in that game. They got killed. Mm-hmm. And that was an FCS opponent. And two years later, yes, UTEP defeats two FCS opponents to start off the season 2-1 and one in their non-conference slate in this pandemic-shortened season, which the, man- the Miners managed to get a 12-game schedule out of it. But I, I look at, and then I also look at another thing he said. Hey, these uh, this is also a team who hasn't played yet. They have no film on them. You don't even know which quarterback's going to be thrown out there. Would it would it be Peyton Mansell or would it be uh, Samaje Davis, the dual threat quarterback? Well, it turned out to be both of the quarterbacks, but Mansell uh, pretty much took the, the majority of the snaps for Abilene Christian. But I'll go the other way, man. I, I just think it's the way that they won in these two games that were just unimpressive to me. The way that they beat Stephen F. Austin 24-14, yes, you like how Gavin Hartson played in his first start ever. You liked how Deion Hankins carried the ball in that game as well. His two touchdowns were great. He should have had three. But in this game, you look at the 17-3 and how close it was. Sal, this UTEP team has been at it for two weeks. They Mm -hmm. played Texas last week. They played Stephen F. Austin the week before. They are up to game speed. Abilene Christian is small. They're an FCS opponent. They haven't gotten used to that college football speed that we saw today. They made mistakes. They had turnovers, and the Miners only capitalized on one of them. So I think it should have been a two-score game. I really think that the Miners should have dominated more in this game. I wasn't impressed by Abilene Christian. That that gets me right back to the Miners. There's just points in this game and and points of the season where I I just get frustrated with this team just because of, yes, I I understand the inexperience with this group, but I just want to see a little bit more from them, and I want to see them execute and, and dominate some of these opponents a little bit better.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's really frustrating when you compare it to, uh, to the first week. I mean, the first week compared to this one was, uh, was a lot better when you really look at it because the Miners barely squeak out in this one. It's their third straight week going up against a team where they have no film on. And, and Brandon mentioned that That's earlier, true. but uh, to, to do that three times in a row, I get it. But also, this is an unconventional year, so I, I guess we could kind of throw out those unconventional stats out of the window as well, because you hit it right on the head for the Miners to not really look good, to really win, because it was more Abilene Christian- being unable to convert on their end. Uh, I, I think the Miners had some solid stops, but you look at the number of opportunities that Abilene Christian had, and they just weren't doing it. And uh, just looking at some of the tweets in the game, a lot of people crediting Abilene Christian's play calling. It, it's kind of like they switched playbooks for a little bit with very vanilla offensive play calling. So for the Miners to really squeak by on a on a technicality by um, by the other team is very alarming because now you're not, you don't have any more FCS teams. This is the point in the season where you either got to start whooping some ass or you're going to get your ass whooped. It's one of the 2
1: five seven six three number to get into the program. Let's go back to Twitter right now. Anthony tweets the program right now. We need to get more creative play calling, not just draws up the middle, sweeps to cowing, or get Willie Eldridge involved. RPO needs to be used a lot more. And then he follows it up by saying this. I really feel like this team could be good. If we had smart, aggressive, good play calling coach, which we don't, Chris and Nat Potter tweets the program. Two wins, both against FCS and struggled big time. If they don't win again all year, which is very likely, does that not get Dimmel fired? Probably not. It's frustrating to have negativity after a win, but it is what it is. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program, Alexa, at Westside915, tweets the program, I think a win from UTEP is always special and rare. I know it was against Abilene Christian, but I think expectations for UTEP football is maybe its lowest ever. The struggle is always going to be there. Let's just enjoy the 2-1 record. Go Miners. Augustine follows that tweet up by saying, It's just so disappointing that people will call in and say that it's a good effort. It's so ah, it's so disappointing that people in this town love mediocrity. Jonathan Byers tweets the program and he says this. No, this was last year. This year, I had decent expectations for this team because UTEP no longer has to put up with Kyle Oxley. Gosh, it's a tough shot to Kyle Oxley right there. Yikes!
0: It's so funny. I just want to make a comparison, just in terms of uh of like, where did this come from? So, out of left field, when people are talking online and they mention Jordan or, or they're talking about Kobe and then, oh, well, LeBron, this, like, nobody's talking about LeBron. Where did this even come from out of left field?
1: Yeah, it's totally that right there. <laughs> NBA
0: Twitter all over again.
1: 8805763. We got two lines open right now if you want to weigh in. But first, let's go to John, who's joining us. John, what's going on?
5: Yeah, I just wanted to say something. That last caller, what Brandon? What a little crap proud of this team. This team sucks, dude. That's all I got to say.
1: Appreciate the phone call, John. Thanks for getting in. 880-5763. Yikes, man. Hey, I, I hear it on both sides. I think people are going to be positive about this win. I think people are going to say 2-1 and one, no matter how you win it. Uh, it's it, A win is a win for this team and they need it for confidence. I, I think there are going to be people like that. And then there are going to be people on the other, other side who are just not content with this team, who continue to be disappointed. I think people were more excited after the Stephen F. Austin game just because they saw mm-hmm. the numbers that the offense put up today i mean uh that week in, in you know week one and then for this one i think they were just a little disappointed just because of how they started this game how they found themselves in different ruts and just how close it was at the end
0: yeah and i think the miners uh, fans obviously want to win games that they're supposed to but whenever you kind of squeak by against a team you're not supposed to, it, it, that's really where the frustration lies. And I can understand both sides, as you said, but I'll just point something out, Minus fans. You've been on both sides, literally. One side has to feel better than the other. So just take the win right now. You weren't there two years ago. Yeah, hey, that's yeah. true. It's, I mean, it's a small step.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm with you on that. eight eight zero five seven six three. 5763 Mike Cuviello follows up his call and tweets the program by saying this. If UTEP wins no games in Conference USA, then a major change needs to come. The conference is not that strong. Hashtag fix that offense. Hashtag recruit better. Pinky tweets the program and says this, I agree so much with your callers and Twitter comments. They are saying saying everything that I would be saying right now. Slow offensive start, not good. Offense, defense, and coaching, still very questionable. UTEP wins, yeah. Put this one under the ugly category. That one coming from Jaime on Twitter. And if you want to tweet the program, you could do so at at 600 ESPN El Paso. You could also uh, hashtag Talk, and we'll read those tweets as well. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets the program Cowing is the man. Hardison will get it to him. These guys are the real deal. Dimmel needs to find a way to connect the dots. eight eight Let's go to Eddie Morelos, who's joining us on the phone lines. What's up, Eddie?
2: Oh, you know, we got through another game, Adrian, and uh, Miners won. Sweet, that.
1: Wow. Hey, hey, are you on the glass half full or glass half empty kind of side of things? Oof,
2: I'm on a take it day by day kind of thing honest with you, Adrian. Uh, I'm going to say this. Um, first half, first quarter, even uh, very, pretty sloppy. Uh, very slow, kind of moving game. minor uh, seem to come out throwing the ball. And I thought that they, I still think that they need to just run the ball a little bit more. Uh, came out in the third quarter running the ball more. Had a really good drive to get down to uh, scoring territory. And then they didn't Put it in the into the end zone, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why I, I just know that they have a really good running back uh, core, and I feel that they should really take advantage of that and use it, you know, to, you know use it more and more, uh, open up that pass game. So we'll see how, how kind of what kind of adjustments they make against uh, Monroe because I think that they have a chance. I think they have a chance against Monroe, and when what we see from from the Miners against Louisiana Monroe, I think that's what we'll see the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I kind of think that that's the the barometer, right? That's where we're going to find out what kind of team this UTEP uh, group really is and how they perform against Louisiana Monroe, who's struggled in two games. They lost to Army. They got killed in that one, and they also got crushed pretty much today to to Texas State. So I I don't think there's any excuse for that game. That's a very winnable game if you are a competent FBS opponent, and I think that the Miners can do it. I, I mean, really, we've seen flashes. Of of greatness from this offense, uh, at least from the first game, I, we've seen it in small samples, granted, and against uh, far less quality opponents. But if Gavin Hardison can put it together, if they have a healthy Dion Hankins, if they have a you know a receiving group that uh, continues to catch balls and be consistent like Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett have been, I don't see any reason why they can't beat Louisiana Monroe next week on the road.
2: You're right, Adrian, and they gotta catch the ball. You did say something. They got to catch the There was a, quite a few drop balls in that first quarter. I, I believe even in that first drive. Mm-hmm. I could have had that drive going. And, and again, Adrian, I think the, the naysayers, those glass half empty people, let's wait till next week and then we'll start talking about. which
1: which direction we're going to go. Keep it up, Adrian. we will be listening. All right, appreciate it, Eddie. Thanks for weighing in. 880-5763, number to get into the program. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get some more phone calls and tweets. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it on Twitter, at 600 ESPN El Paso, or on the phone lines, 880-5763. We're Minor Talk, presented by uh, Longhorn Distributing, only on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing, eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Hey, big shout-out to the Locomotive FC. What a win, 1-0 against Real Monarchs. Man, Locomotive, eight unbeaten games in a row. They keep on doing it, man. Hey, they're on their way to the playoffs, too. How about that? Yeah. What did they clinch on Wednesday? Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Hey, they've got New Mexico United on the horizon. That's next Saturday. And uh, Ooh, also the Miners the play on next Saturday. So, hey, I-, I think there's a good streak going. I, I see what uh, my friend uh, Colin Deaver tweeted, saying that uh, each time both teams play at home, they've, uh, they've won on the same night. So mm. I kind of like that. There's something
0: to that. Yeah, UTEP should just schedule home games the rest of the season. I mean, it's a pandemic year. Why not?
1: I'm with you on that. Hey, but big <laughs> shout-out to Locomotive FC. I mean, we're talking uh, a little bit – I guess we're a little negative right now, Sal, right? Yeah. Uh, we're being a little negative about UTEP, but there's no negativity with the Locomotive FC, man. First place in Group C. Uh, they they jumped ahead of uh, New Mexico United. Shout-out to all the Locomotive FC fans who are excited about tonight's win. Uh, Locomotive Le- Miner, uh, Joe Rod, Phil Bakke, all the great guys who watch Locomotive FC soccer and UTEP football. I mean, they are pumped.
0: Tonight and shout out to our guy Duke Keith.
1: That's right, dude. Yeah, the Big biggest shout local out to I know. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man. Hey, eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. Let's talk about Jacob Cowling. What a game he had. Eight catches, which, by the way, was a career high for him. 111 receiving yards. And there's so much to talk about with Jacob Cowing because the sophomore for Maricopa and Arizona is so young and he still has so much football left ahead of him. I mean, and the thing that surprises me, Sal, is that when you got a standout receiver like a guy like Jacob Cowing, Every single week, the defense is going to be king on him. They're going to be seeing Jacob Cowing and saying, how do we shut this guy down? So it's kind of like a chess match. Mm. Jacob Cowing, on the flip side, has to work with his wide receiver coach and Scotty O'Hara and say, how am I going to best the next cornerback who faces me? What moves do I need to do in order to beat him? And week after week, his consistency amazes me. I mean, UTEP has not been a passing team for a long time, and a consistent passing team. But what we've seen so far is that Hardison has the arm, and Jacob Cowing has all the moves. He's got the speed. He's a former track and field runner. He's also got the hands. He dropped a couple balls yesterday against Texas, got that cleaned up right away in today's game. The only two that didn't come his way in his hands were one was a pass breakup and the second was was a pass interference he caught all eight targeted passes that came his way uh, that were catchable a hundred and ten receiving yards his second hundred plus receiving game so far on the season Jacob Cowing entered this game. Third in the country for receiving yards, 165 on the year. He averages 15 yards per reception. Well, that number right now has gone up. And I'm really happy for that for Jacob Cowing and what he's done so far. I mean, the, what the sophomore from, again, Maricopa and Arizona has done has been truly amazing. And now 275 receiving yards on the season. I wouldn't be surprised if we're uh, we're looking on su- on Monday and seeing that Jacob Cowing is is maybe leading the country or second in the country when it comes to receiving yards.
0: Yeah, this is a guy who definitely has the talent, and we're seeing him be coachable. You mentioned his work with uh, Coach O'Hara for him to really take that and run with it. You're seeing his uh, his footwork get better, his route running get better, and I think he's really trying to take that charge. I pose that question: When will a player take over? I think we're kind of seeing it right now for sure in the receiver core we know that we knew that coming into the season but he he's not just talking the talk now he's walking the walk and uh, one thing I will mention I haven't been this excited uh, about a UTEP receiver since the likes of a guy named I'm gonna take it back. Are you guys ready? Jeff Maturi.
1: Ooh, I like the name. <laughs> yeah, Throwback. They're,
0: and they're I think they're around the same size. Maybe a couple of um, I, I think uh, Jeff Maturi was maybe five ten. If I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, but Cowing five eleven. Those two guys, speedy guys, solid route runners, and we should be seeing a lot more highlights, man. I'm excited.
1: I mean, Jacob Cowing's a game changer. Mm-hmm. That's and he's a gamer too. I, I love how he plays, just so relentless, fearless on the field. I I mean, you could put the best cornerback on him, and he'll try to get an escape away, and he'll still manage to get yards after contact. Jacob Cowing has just impressed me so much so far on the season, but it's the consistency Mm -hmm. that really gets me. The fact that you put a shutdown corner on him, you put your best defensive player on him, he'll still... Have a good day. I mean, last week was really the, the week that I was like, Oh, okay, well, here's Jacob Cowan coming down to earth. I mean I mean, just uh, you know, under four fifty receiving yards, didn't really have his best game, but he follows it up with an eight catch, hundred and ten receiving yard game today. Man, what a yeah. what a monster he's been.
0: And he's had what about two or three uh big big plays this season, aside from that big reception uh this this game as well. So not only is he getting those big yards, but also crucial first downs whenever he needs it. He's he's becoming that leader, Adrian. I think this is happening.
1: And a sophomore. He's yeah. a
0: true sophomore.
1: True sophomore last like year, I thought the playbook would be out because he was that X-Factor guy in the receiving group. You had Devon Cooper on one side. You had some experienced veterans on the other side. Jess Trussell was a big option for them last year. Uh And instead... Jacob Cowing is the guy. I mean you you also had Trayshawan Wolf last year, and you know you sprinkle in a couple others, but it was it was really uh, Jacob Cowing who led the way as a freshman. Well then here comes uh, Jacob Cowing as a sophomore and you're thinking that everybody is going to be keying on this guy and everybody's going to be trying to shut him down, but nobody can. He's, he's yeah. a beast. He's an animal out there. And, and Jacob Cowing right now, he's easily the, player, uh, uh, the best player I've seen from the minors after three games.
0: How about this, Adrian? You ready? All right. How about the best player on UTEP's offense despite going through three quarterbacks? Mm. Who? Jones, Loxley last year, and also uh, this year, Hardison. I'm with yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I'm with you, man. Hey, and I, I'm just looking at the uh, the common denominator. That's him. It's the Dominator, <laughs> Jacob Cowling.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program as we continue. If you want to talk about UTEP seventeen to thirteen win, let's go to Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to. Ivan tweets the program. I didn't get to the UTEP game, but I know they won. And all I have to say to each one of those callers, twitters, especially the alumni who are not happy and want a better program. Call Athletics and commit to donating money or becoming a season ticket holder. If you don't give, you can't complain. Hashtag every person makes a difference. Joe Chacon follows his tweets up by saying this. The glass is always half full with true minor fans. We will always expect a winner. We just need a team that wins to fulfill prophecy. Every week is a new challenge. Time to make believers. Hashtag MinerStrong. Hashtag, I can't even say this without laughing. Hashtag Bullbound. Let's
0: go! I'm down. Let's go. Punch your ticket, man.
1: Augustine continues on Twitter by saying this. If UTEP continues to struggle, will Hardison and Cowing stay? Hashtag Transfer Portal. What do you think about that, Sal?
0: I think he's in the kitchen like a kid who's just throwing food up at the top trying to see if something sticks to the ceiling. I'm
1: with you on yeah. that. Hey, you're you have a great opportunity here. I talked to Jacob Cowing 2 weeks ago on the program and I was just asking him, you know, what about UTEP drew you here? He was telling me that UTEP was really the only team that gave him a chance. And I was like, "What?" You're coming out of high school with this much talent, yeah. You didn't. You don't play for a great high school in Maricopa, but you didn't have any other looks. You didn't have anybody else. And you know, he he told me that he didn't have anything serious that came his way, and that he really he really didn't see too much. So now I'm not going to say that, and I'm not going to say that about Hardison either. I mean, he's a guy who this uh, coaching staff has been high on since day one, and they want to support uh, all the way through. So I'm um, I'm not going to take any of that right there. Eight eight zero five seven six three. Number to get into the program. Man, I also want to talk about Prey Zamahuli. What a, what a great game that Prey Zamahuli had. Well, we'll get to that st- topic in just a little bit, but let's go back to the phone lines right now and go to Ron, who's joining us on this program. What's up, Ron? Hey, good
6: evening, gentlemen. How's it going, Ron? Well, I'm doing good. I'm drinking a beer and smoking a cigar and having a great time after the game. It's mm- great.
1: Nice. What'd you think? Tell us tell us your thoughts. Well, uh, UTEP has been around a long time.
6: and They've been beat down to as far as you can be. I'm a minor fan. I've been a season ticket holder forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's football is just not a game of, you know, practice this. you got to learn how to win. You know, UTEP is real good at learning how to lose. <laughs> and last year they were – I'm really kind of proud of them this year. I know people are going to go, yeah, that's crap. But anyway, uh, these games that they barely won last year, they would have lost.
1: That's a good point. No, uh, that's, they, that's a very good point. And they would. They didn't have a quarterback last year to to really no, keep them in games like this. That's
6: exactly right. I mean, there's little uh, 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 Brandon Cohen. I think you said it. You know, pretty succinctly. I mean. You know, you've got to give them a break. Uh, yeah, we've given them 100 million breaks. I understand that. But, you know, UTEP has always lived on a uh, double-edged sword. Uh, everybody's saying, well, you know, uh, next week's game is going to be the, the caller. Well, you know, if they win, um, uh, which I think they'll win, but if they win, they're going to say, well, that team wasn't very good. And if they lose, they'll go, see, I told you they weren't any good. So (laughs) it's always been the double-edged sword for for the UTEP football team. It's just a matter of you got to teach these boys, not just, you know, tackling and blocking and this and passing and catching. And you got to teach them how to win. I mean, mean, mental game of football is a, a big part of football. And, you know, that's about all I have to say, you know. Uh, thank you for listening
1: to me. Hey, appreciate that, Ron. Thanks for getting into the program. 880 number to get into the program. He's right. I mean, it's, it's always kind of that thing, Sal, where, where people on this show, they, they call and they think either way. They're either very hot on one side or very against on the other side. And, you know, it, it just seems like there's just not really a middle ground right now because there's so much uncertainty with this team.
0: Yeah, and all of this uh while UTEP is two and one for the first time in a long time, I right? Mean, it, they've been on both sides like I said earlier, but you're finally on the right side. Just take that and run with it.
1: 8805763 number to get into the program. Michael Maloney tweets the program. I mean, let's be honest. Will people go watch a UTEP team in FCS that goes 5 and 7 or 6 and 6 annually? ACU is not a good FCS team. UTEP needs to find a way to get better while staying in FBS. Going to FCS would be an all-time low for the program. Let's let's just stop that. T- I mean, it's not going to happen. This is all the hypotheticals. This is all the hypotheticals. It's the rabbit hole,
0: the conspiracy theories <laughs> that they
1: need to drop to FCS so they could win more and that more people yeah. would go. No, no, that's not going to happen. You lose money by dropping down to FCS even if you're competitive, even if you're able to get some of these wins you lose all the recruiting that you'd get you lose all the notoriety that your program would have no let's not let's not go down that hole
0: people think utah football has been bad over the years and they're right but it would be extremely worse if oh, they were yeah. to drop down, significantly worse.
1: Eight eight zero five seven six three. Back to praise Amahuli. Man, what a game he had!
0: He's so fun to watch, yeah. right, Sal? Yeah, fun to watch. Also fun to listen to. This is a guy who was the special feature. Uh, the the special feature pregame interview with John Teicher. This is a man who was excited. You could tell he has a passion for the game. Has a passion to uh, put on the minor uniform as well. He said it's an honor to be at UTEP and to be uh, one of the guys on the team that uh, they look up to. He didn't say that specifically, but He's one of the leaders on the team, and he's happy and honored to be in that position. And uh, One of his goals, also, I just want to point this out. One of his mm-hmm. goals, he said, is to lead the conference in sacks. Well, he he got one today, so if he can keep this up, the Miners can get that pass rush going. If he's the anchor on it, like I think he is, um, he has a chance to, to get towards the number of a sack per game.
1: Okay, this is really interesting, because mm-hmm. you bring up a lot of good points. Let's set the stage really quick, because yeah. I think it's really important. The pass rush for UTEP has been non-existent. All the way back to last year. They they were in the bottom five in all of the country when it comes to sacking the quarterback. They just couldn't put pressure as a team on the quarterback. And I asked Dana Dimmel, I asked this defense all the time, you know, what is it, what are you guys going to try to do to get pressure on the quarterback? And I don't think they did necessarily an amazing job today at doing so. You also saw what uh you also saw what they did, you know, in the previous two weeks. And and actually the first game, they had one sack late in the game. It was just Jadrian Taylor, who got a sack late, and then last week, no sacks against Texas. So today, the lone sack comes from Praise Amehuli. Going back a little bit more on the defensive line, Josh Ortega, starting defensive end on the opposite side of Praise Amehuli, was out for this game. So the Miners were uh, without one of their best uh, defensive edge rushers in this one. They had to throw in guys like Jadri and Taylor. They had Kelton Moss d- down low and, you know, just trying to rotate a- among other players on their defensive line. Uh, y- you know, you even saw Keenan Stewart, of course, playing for the Miners. But what Praise Amehuli did today was a statement game. And I was waiting for this all season long in, in these first two games. I was waiting for Praise Amehuli to have one of these breakout games because the four former all-freshman Conference USA player from last year really emerged in this one tonight. He started up with two pass breakups that I thought were great. I mean, he swats these passes on the defensive front and, and you're thinking to yourself, man, this guy has an amazing wingspan. This guy is so valuable to this defensive front and he anchored the way throughout this whole game without Josh Ortega and with just a three-man rush. I mean, we talked all offseason long about how they were going to be a re- done defense, well they switched right back from a 4-3 setup to back to a 3-4 or a 3-5 whatever they were trying to do in this one Praise Amihuly stood out in a big way, had three total tackles, had one and a half tackles for loss, he had the sack that was a, a really a game saver, it was on a second down had a big sack, forced a third and long for Abilene Christian late in the game when they could have scored and maybe even taken the lead at, at some point tied the game or taken the lead, it was a a big drive for them. Praise Amahuli came up big in this one. And I, I just think that this was this is his come out game. He's a contender for not just the player of the game in this one, but also the play of the game with that sack.
0: Yeah. And uh, for, for Praise to do this without Ortega, this is something that just popped into my mind. He hasn't even played half of the season. Uh, Josh Ortega, he got ejected in the first game of the year. Um, I can't remember what happened last week against Texas, but there were no sacks. So I think that pretty much says what happened with the defensive line and uh, no Ortega this game as well. So for for praise to really kind of shine, despite having an inconsistent uh, lineup out there along with him. Is uh, is pretty impressive, and I think for him to build off of that is going to be huge. It's, it's going to be a huge game next week, and we'll talk more about it later. But it's going to be a real telling game for Jacob Cowan on offense and Praise on defense. Can those guys be the uh, the anchors on defense that we think they can be?
1: Eight eight zero five seven six three. We got two lines available. We'll get to Ed in a moment, but first let's take a timeout right now. You're listening to Minor Talk presented by Longhorn Distributing, only on six hundred ESPM El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing. Let's get to Ed, who's joining us now on the phone lines. What's up, Ed? How's it going? Pretty good. How about you guys? Doing real well, Ed. What'd you think of the game?
5: Uh, I loved it. I loved it. I, uh, first of all, let me just uh, do a couple of rebuttals here. Okay. First of all, you had callers say that uh, the offense isn't very creative. Uh, if you listen to Damon Dimmel after the uh, game, he tells you that he even used the whole playbook.
1: Yeah, he didn't go uh, through his whole game plan. That's right. I did hear about that. He, he was saying how, you know, he could have dipped into his whole game plan if he wanted to. He just didn't want to throw everything out there right away.
5: Yeah, I don't think they give him enough credit. The honest truth is uh, I've been watching the program and following it closely uh, ever since Demo came in. I've actually been following the program closely for for a while now. And I will tell you that I believe in Demo. And I think the man is honest when he tells you there's a lot more talent on this team and there's a lot more depth and there's a lot more athleticism. I do see the team being a lot faster, especially on defense. Uh, I also see a lot more depth. When when did we have we seen uh, so many running backs? We make it sound like uh, our running back from Parkland has all this experience. He's just a, he's just a freshman. He's only played in a couple of games, and uh, we still have we've had about five running backs. But now only that, we're also showing depth the linebackers, the corners, and even our defensive line. Uh, and and. Talking about Hardison, when have we had a quarterback roll out and throw a 40-yard pass like a rope?
1: Yeah, never, and hit his never. Receiver?
5: And then there was a big play in the third quarter where he hit Collins. in the fourth quarter, I think it was. There was three guys around him, and he put the ball low to the ground, and it was it was in between three receivers. We haven't had a quarterback with that kind of accuracy and arm strength. When did we have that?
1: No, oh, I mean, um, yeah, I think you'd have to look as far as arm strength, accuracy. Gosh, you'd have to look... What do you think, Viteto? Cuz uh, showers didn't have that, really? I, I think you'd have to go all the way back to Viteto.
5: Yeah, and, and even even Vitito, uh I I I don't know. No, no, that's
1: true. Even Vitito at times wasn't as accurate and didn't have the arms. You're right. You know, I'm with you. I mean, Hardison does some things that UTEP hasn't seen in a long time. The way that he's able to throw on the run, the way that he's able to have a great connection with receivers like Cowing and Garrett, I, I think it's pretty impressive, and especially from a guy who hasn't started any games except for this year. He's a very inexperienced quarterback, and he's shown us flashes of greatness already.
5: And the other thing is, many times did he throw the ball purposely out of bounds he showed the maturity to throw the ball away when he saw there was there wasn't the coverage was good i mean Mm -hmm. we we haven't seen that a lot of quarterbacks just try to force the ball i'm gonna say this right now i've seen a lot of improvement uh to make me very enthusiastic about the rest of the season so i'm gonna make a bet with you guys okay let's do it i'm gonna bet you guys a big burger over here at the Steakhouse Burger, the one on Montana. Uh, I'm going to bet you guys, I was going to say 80%, but I figured there's nine games left. I'm going to go out and say that UTEP will be competitive in six of their last nine games.
1: Wow. In my
5: case, so I want you to write this down. I'm writing this down right here. Ed Ed is saying this. But here's the key. To be considered competitive, in my opinion, means that it has to be in the middle of the fourth quarter. So that leaves us with what? Six minutes left. Mm -hmm. And UTEP has to be within a field goal or a touchdown of tying the game or winning the game. That would be considered competitive for me. So hey, Ed, I'll give that. you a
1: score. I'll give you a score in this one, maybe even a two-score game if you want to argue it. I'll I'll be as as generous as possible as far as co- competitive, because I think this is a good bet. I wonder if UTEP can be competitive in six to, uh, of their last nine games. I think this is a really good bet. I'm going to go the up opposite way. I like this one. I I really think this is going to be a good one.
5: Yeah, I, 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 but I don't want you to give anything like that movie. Remember that movie, Silver Lining, where they were talking about that <laughs> big bet with the Cowboys? You remember that movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and man. the guy says, you're crazy. Well, I just, I'm just going to tell you, halfway through the fourth quarter, we're within a touchdown or a field goal of winning or tying the game. That would be considered competitive six of the last nine games.
1: Okay, if you win, I'll get you a, a nice family pack from our great sponsors at Taco Avocado. How about that? That sounds that that sounds like a good plan.
5: Yeah, and if I lose, I'll meet you guys at the Steak Burger on Airways, <laughs> and I'll buy you a burger. How's that?
1: Yeah, that sounds great, Ed. Hey, appreciate the phone call. Appreciate the bet, and uh, thanks for weighing in as always. Eight eight zero five seven six three number to get into the program. We got a bet on the line, Sal. Oh, I like man.
0: it. I like it. You know what though. I think I kind of want to get the tacos either way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too, man. When
0: you bet with food, you cannot lose. Betting 101. Hey,
1: I'm with you on that <laughs> one for sure. Hey, uh, as we wrap up uh, another great edition of Minor Talk, thanks to everybody who's tweeting us on the program today. And we got so many tweets, and I was really appreciate that. Always really appreciate everybody calling in and uh, letting us know you know, their thoughts and opinions because it's what everybody else says on the show that makes it so great. And you know, it makes us excited because uh, come November 24th, we got the date UTEP will tip off for some basketball. We'll have another season of minor talk for men's basketball as well as uh finishing up this UTEP football season. We've got nine more games of minor talk to get to, Sal. We got yeah. one right next week. Hey, Louisiana Monroe comes into this one. 0-2 on the season. Let's uh we'll preview uh the the next week's game right now. I mean the Miners have lost Eight straight road games. We had a caller earlier say that you know UTEP isn't very good on the road. I'm with you on that. They're not a very good visiting team when you look at what they've done historically. And gosh, they got killed against Texas just uh, last week, fifty nine to three on the road. Uh, But again, competitive advantages kind of go out the window when it comes to uh, home field advantage, just because we don't see as much fan attendance. Mm -hmm. The the big the big difference is just the travel and the stay. I guess as far as you know what somebody's going to be, uh, I guess doing as far as the, the road travel goes. But I haven't been impressed at all by the Warhawks. They've got Sto- uh, Scott Stoker, former uh, UTEP defensive coordinator, who's now their interim defensive coordinator over at Louisiana Monroe. I think this is a winnable game, Sal. They, I, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that UTEP should win this one.
0: Yeah, I think so too. It's uh it's going to be tough especially when uh the miners are really going up against the probably the the best defender of all time and that's the Central Time Zone? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm just like kidding. It. No, in, in all seriousness, though, the Miners do have a great chance. For the first time in a while, Adrian, the Miners actually have a chance to win a road game against a Division One team that isn't Rice. Yes, that's a very long sentence, but it's accurate. For the first time, the Miners have a chance to win a, go- a road game against a Division One team that is not Rice. The Miners need to get it done if they want to take that next step because we're already over the showing flashes stage. I, th- I think we could kind of put that in the books. And there are a couple of goods that I think the miners uh, that I took from this game that I'd like to see the miners go ahead and continue and seal the deal in sales. They call it ABC this time. A, B, G, T. Always be getting tackles, all right? They're aggressive enough to to be in spots, but they're just not closing. We see a lot of missed tackles. The defense did step up this game, though, however, and a, a couple of other things, though. Two turnovers I did like, and there were multiple guys with big plays. I'm looking at the highlight reel. Josh Fields with the big first down, obviously, his touchdown. Ronnie Yawath with his touchdown of Maywele with his sack. Also, uh, you have Jacob Cowen's big catch, Gavin Beckley's field goal, and Davion Inyang's uh, forced fumble. Yeah. A lot of guys pitching in. This is what you want to see. Now it's time for them to string it all together instead of just for a series here and there.
1: Hey, Davion Inyang, great. I'm glad you mentioned them. And, and great job breaking down kind of the positives from this game, Sal. But Davion Inyang, his uh, second ter- forced turnover of the season. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive right there from Inyang who plays the nickel safety corner position for the Miners, and uh, he had a couple plays where, you know, he fell behind on some coverages at times, but I still like what Inyang has has shown so far, and he's a Juco transfer, doesn't have too much experience playing at the Division I level, but hey, the, every game is a, is a, another mm-hmm. game under your belt if you're one of these guys who lacks experience. So you rely on these games, and I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that tackling, missed tackles, and execution, those are ways that the miners can improve. Look, I go back to Ed's call. I really like the talent, too, on this team. Mm-hmm. I look at some of the leaders on defense. Steven Forrester, Justin Prince, Broderick Harold, Deron Lowe, uh, Davion Inyang. These guys are talented. Mm-hmm. They're really talented guys. You look at the offensive side of the ball. Josh Fields, Gavin Hardison, of course, Jacob Cowing, Justin Garrett, uh, even Trent Thompson, who we saw his first catch today as a tight end. These guys are talented. Now, when it comes to things like execution, it's iffy. When it comes to things about experience, they lack it. So while there are talented players and athletes on this team, it's about putting it all together and stringing it for a game that where you where you come out with a win. And and I don't think this win today was uh, pretty by any means. Mm-mm. I think it was a pretty ugly win. Uh, and now you have to just kind of maybe shake off the bad and negatives of this one, know what it takes, uh, how to win games, and then try to carry that over into next week against Louisiana Monroe.
0: Yeah, have some form of consistency. Don't don't have the spotty successful game and what i mean by that is have a good play in the first and then your next good play isn't until the third or the fourth quarter start Just, off strong exactly that's another thing you can't dig yourselves in a big hole because guess what you're not in the Sun Bowl next week and also you have an afternoon game two things that do not Ooh. align well with you but they have a chance all of this lo and behold agent the miners do have a chance it's time for them to take that next step I like i said earlier we're over the showing flashes stage i think they have enough talent to get it done
1: all right man it's time to get to our awards. I'm right. excited for this one because it was a contentious battle for our play of the game. I, I think the argument for praise on Mihuly. His play of the game being that sack late in this one, uh, Abilene Christian drove all the way into UTEP territory, all the way into the red zone, and Amehuli had a phenomenal sack that really uh, set up what was a field goal decision by Abilene Christian. They couldn't score a touchdown to tie the game, or maybe you know score and and do a uh, extra a two point conversion to you know lead the game against the Miners. But praise Amehuli took him out of that, and he really just did a nice job. But we have to flip it back and go to Ronnie awat who had that five yard rushing touchdown and how important that drive really was because they started that drive midway into the third quarter sal that drive lasted seven minutes and 46 seconds i texted you that was the quickest third quarter (laughs) i've ever seen
0: yeah especially after last longest especially after last week it's like hey they're 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 taking they're taking the different chance or They're taking turns. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. They're taking turns. You have the longest third quarter, no you. But, man, that first quarter, though, I think that one was trying to take the crown. That
1: was a 50-minute
0: first (laughs) quarter. I think it just
1: ended right now. (laughs) (laughs) But that third quarter, I I meant longest drive, quickest quarter. So 13 plays, 75 yards, 7 minutes, 46 seconds, bled off the clock uh, in that final play. It was a third down play. You had Trent Thompson. You had Tupou. You had Jacob Cowing, Justin Garrett, uh, obviously Gad- Gavin Hardison, and Ronnie Awat. And it was a third and goal play. Here's what happened.
2: And the give. Left side to Awat. to the goal line. He spins into the end zone. Ronald Awat.
1: Touchdown Miners. The go-ahead touchdown for Ronald A. Watt is our play of the game. This is brought to you by our great friends at Taco Avocat. You can visit them on the far east side of El Paso. Uh, and, and, you know, Taco Avocat always sponsors our play of the game here on Minor Talk. Let's go to our player of the game. I mean, is this really a debate? I was also thinking a little praise on Mahouli. He had a great defensive effort in this one, but it has to go to Jacob Cowing. Career high eight catches, 110 receiving yards, did a really nice job overall. I'm just really excited about uh, what he's done uh, throughout this year so far. That's why Jacob Cowing is our player of the game. Partisan. Play fake, drops to throw, he's being blitzed, he throws it up the right side, he's got a man at the 20, it's Cowling, 10, he's going to be out of bounds, just shy of the 5-yard line, it'll be first and goal. Oh Jacob Cowling, the sophomore from Maricopa, Arizona, coming up big, player of the game presented by the Oscar All State Agency, the official, insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. You can call them at any of their five locations at 400-6,000. That's the Oscar Arieta Allstate agency who sponsors our player of the game. Sal, that's going to wrap us up for uh, edition three of Miner Talk. Adrian, two and one going into week four. How does
0: that sound? Well,
1: it sounds like they should have done it. It's two FCS opponents, <laughs> I'll, right? I'll,
0: I'll take it, man. It's <laughs> it's uh it's another good one in the books. The miners able to come out on top and uh, UL Monroe next week. We'll do our research. We'll have a lot of great stuff for you guys next week. Hey, we'll week as cook
1: well. we'll cook up the heat next week That's for right. uh Louisiana Monroe. We're gonna be watching it from the studios because it's a road game, so we're excited about that. It's an afternoon game too, like you pointed out.
0: Should we get a should we get some fried chicken from a franchise that's in the state of Louisiana just in honor of the game? Ooh,
1: that's a that's a really good idea. I like that that one too, man. But hey, that's gonna wrap us up for us today here on the program. Again, the Miners defeat uh, Abilene Christian seventeen to thirteen. You've been listening to Minor Talk. We're presented by Longhorn Distributing right here on six hundred ESPN El Paso.
0: You've been listening to Minor Talk, presented by Longhorn Distributing. Join us after every UTEP broadcast on your home for minor sports, 600 ESPN El Paso.